Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. So we have Giants-Cowboys. We have a great week five for you. It started off last night with a really compelling divisional matchup that the Rams won. The Seahawks take an L, but they might have lost their quarterback, which is a bigger story, uh, of course. And then we see Justin Fields this weekend as well as now officially the QB1 in Chicago. And Key, uh, it's worth mentioning, though, that Dan Graziano in the previous segment, when he was told that you mentioned that you believe that Nagy could possibly get an extension in Chicago. His, his like it's like he what did he do, Jay? Did he like kind of like <laughs> like like but but right? how like, was he but how was he told? Because there's this notion that I said Nagy is getting an extension during the season and that's not no. what I said. I said no. to Dan Graziano that he predicted yesterday that Matt Nagy would get an extension after the season. Mm-hmm. And his reaction was well, he's saying Justin Fields is going to play well enough to get him, or is, is what he guessed you were saying. And then he kind of snickered a little bit at he the notion snicker. that we're, that was a snicker that we're mm. already yeah. talking about. I think he said it was a little too early to have this conversation because it's all based on how Fields plays. So the question is, key. But that, but that's exactly what the conversation was about. That Fields will play well enough that they're going to look at giving Matt Nagy an extension at the end of the season, Evan. Well, obviously, if you were paying attention to the show or you're listening to it, you you would know that that's what I said. You're not giving Matt Nagy an extension unless Justin Fields plays well because what you want to do, Alan Hahn, is you want to have him around to develop the quarterback that we selected. You don't want the young man all of a sudden dealing with another offense, another coordinator, another head coach, because it would be a major setback for his future. That That's not what you do when you draft a quarterback. But you do have to believe then that he is the right coach for this young quarterback. And the only way to know that, obviously, as you did point out, is that by the end of the season, is Justin Fields trending up? Is he playing in the way you envisioned when you drafted him? Otherwise, you've already given – Matt Nagy, the opportunity to try to develop. That's why you brought him in. Mitchell Trubisky, a guy you took very high in the draft. And that but did not work take, out. But, he, but inherited, I didn't take, he inherited I didn't take Mitchell no, Trubisky. He, I get that he inherited, but th- the whole idea was this guy, yeah, work with this quarterback, make him great. And it didn't work yeah. out. So now i got a second quarterback, and if I don't yeah. see, I need to see tangible proof by the end of this season that this thing's trending up. Otherwise, you might need to reconsider. Yeah, but then, but then, Allen, you can't keep reconsidering every year, every year, every year, every year, a new coach because the quarterback isn't taking leaps and bounds. You cannot do that. Matt Nagy's winning percentage is pretty good. Matt Nagy is taking a team to a playoffs. He's been there four years, and I think he's gone to the playoffs two times so far, and they're shooting to try and go a third time with a young quarterback. If he finishes above 500 or, or, or one game under 500. I guarantee you that dude going to be getting an extension. Well, that's going to be the question, how they okay. finish. How they finish. Because that, that, that defense has played well. Uh, they play well against the Lions. I get it. Uh, they play well against the Bengals. I mean, they got smacked by the Rams. They got smacked by the Browns. So, and I understand Justin Fields now adds a different dynamic. But it, it's, I mean, Raiders, Packers, and Bucks are their yep. next three opponents. Yep. Those aren't easy opponents. So, I, I hear what you're saying, Key. It's, well, they play the it's also too. the... Yeah, but the Niners' defense is questionable in the secondary. Um, 
my thing is, I, I hear what you're saying about Matt Nagy's record, and not and not only did I not only did I say it, Dave Kaplan of yeah, ESPN One Thousand said Keith, the exact same thing. But and Keith, he's a lot on of, the ground there. There's a lot of other people who have not said that as well. Key, I understand I, you bring I, but Dave I'm, Kaplan I'm talking into about it. what I said, and I'm talking about what Dave Kaplan, who's in the building, who talks to people, who's around that facility literally every single day, said that Matt Nagy will probably get an extension if this team finishes a certain way at the end of the year. We'll see where it goes. It is still early, but I'm just it's telling very you, watching the, watching the trajectory of the quarterback is going to be a big part of this story. Let's go back to some calls on the Dr. Pepper call in line. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Alan Hahn in for Max. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris is in Jacksonville. I wonder what Chris wants to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going this morning? It's going well. How Chris up, is in Jacksonville. I'm gonna take a guess. You want to talk <laughs> oh, about? Oh yeah, Urban Meyer. <laughs> you got that right, Key. Hey, listen, man. You guys have been around sports your entire life. Tell me that the measure of a man is not what he does when nobody's looking. And tell me why this guy in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, still has a job. Because well, it's, he's in the first year of a deal. And and I, honestly, I really am wondering, Key, Jay, you guys both understand the locker room dynamic and also dealing with coaches. How, when your coach doesn't fly back with you after a game and then gets into trouble on top of, it's it's just now stacking issues that are distractions from the team and you're playing the Titans this weekend. How is that locker room looking at him when he even says, I gotta, I've got to earn their trust back? If you got to earn trust back, did you ever have it? Well, let me let me back up a little bit there, uh, Alan. Yes, he should have flown back with the team. I don't I don't think that any coach on a win a losing team in that situation, trying to figure out the dynamics of your team and all, go back with your team. But I also understand that he had family and wanted to hang out with them or do whatever he was doing. But then you say he got into trouble. Well, I'm not going to say he got into trouble because I don't know what is going on in his household. I, I have no idea. So I wouldn't necessarily call it trouble. He put himself in a public setting that looked very compromising. And when you are a head coach and you say one thing and do another, that becomes problematic. But as far as him in trouble, I don't. I can't. When your franchise puts out a statement, that. when your owner puts out a statement reprimanding you publicly, you got in trouble. Yeah, but you got it. What the owner gonna say? Cool. I wish I was with him. I mean, like, come on. I don't know. Let's, and let's, I also I meet a lot of coaches you know. that say one thing and do another. Um, All right. To be frank with you, I I don't see that as a fireball offense. If you want to go back to the Chris Doyle situation, okay, major strike. I get it. He was fired. He was let go of. If you want to say the Tim Tebow you know, saga that you didn't like because that created a stir about it, even though I think it was just a sheer marketing ploy. It got people to talk about the Jags when we never talk about the Jags. Has he stabilized the franchise? Not or yet. has he brought turbulence? Uh, I, would say, I would say that he's trying to figure it out. More turbulence than stabilization, but it doesn't mean that they haven't gotten better as a team. All right, from one, from one unstable franchise to one that is always stable, we go to Michael in Connecticut. Come on, Michael. Michael. Yes, I'm here. Yes, how you doing, Michael? You're on the air. How are you? What do you want to talk about? Oh, thank you, guys. Glad to be on the air. I have a question concerning the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? 
Yep, go ahead. All right, my question is this. Uh, do you feel that the management above Mike Tomlin is holding him in kind in some kind of restrictions that they won't allow him to do certain things because of certain factors? And I see a lot of things on the on the side of the bench when the camera switched over there. Uh, all the coaches that he has on defense is a certain is a certain race, and it is apparent that higher ups is telling Mike Tomlin what to do with the situation that's going on now. How do you guys feel about that? Is that wait, Mike? I'm confused by your question, Mike. I'm very confused by your question. I want you to I want you to slow down, Mike, and explain your question again so I could fully understand it. Okay, here it is. Mike Tomlin, as a black coach, is being held accountable for everything that he does. He doesn't do anything on his own initiative, but he gets commands from the higher ups. I think and I think that's all coaches. I think all coaches get certain things from higher ups. Um, right, wait, Cam, I'm still confused to what the question was. Yeah, I, I, let's move on from the question instead. Yeah, when it comes to the Steelers, the really only question is is whether or not Ben Roethlisberger is good enough. Yeah, I didn't understand this question. Yeah, I, I was trying to make sense of it. But. Yeah, I didn't quite get what he was trying to say, and he's speaking around it. But since he brought up Mike Tomlin – you know, here's a guy that's never had a losing season, right? And and this is a team right now that looks like they're heading in that direction. When do you get to that point, if you're Mike Tomlin, where you can't worry as much about that whole record and instead say, you know what, we've got to start making changes here and looking towards the future, and could that be a future without Ben Roethlisberger while you're still in season? No, no, you, you know – Ben will be the quarterback until such due time that they're mathematically eliminated from a playoff position. I, I, I get the loyalty. I understand it. I respect it. That's a bad it. offensive line that could end up – you might have to – that decision might be made for you if he keeps getting hit. I never want to see somebody get hurt. Yeah, I never want to see somebody get hurt. But, right. I, I mean, the odds are due to that O-line and the way that he gets hit – when he does get hit, I don't know if he will be standing before it's all said and done. When it's all said and done. I mean, he's already injury prone, right? He can barely move in the pocket. Man, you've seen some of those hits that they gave on Russell Wilson last night. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's the league that you're playing in. I don't know if he, can, if he can stand the whole season. All right, let's go from the pro game to the college game. we got a huge rivalry this weekend in the Big 12. Oh, the best part of college football, the rivalries. We go to Desmond Howard, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Ooh, Hotline. He joins us from clean. Texas State Fair. That boy look clean. The Red River rivalry. That's OU and Texas. Good morning, Desmond. I see the posture, Des. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm just trying to represent out here. You know, it's going to get real, real hot a little later, so I'm trying to stay cool. <laughs> Always looking cool. So, all right, so you're at this game. What should we, we be watching for? I tell you what, uh, I mean, there's so many storylines to this game, but I think coming into the season, everyone thought that Spencer Rattler was the Heisman favorite. You know, he was going to run away with the trophy, and he's played good, not great. But I think the best player on the field tomorrow is going to be Texas's running back, B. John Robinson. I mean, he's just an outstanding talent, not only at the running back position, but Sarkeesian will also, you know, put him in the slot, use him as a receiver. I mean, the young man is averaging eight yards per touch. That includes rushes and receptions. That's putting him up in that stratosphere with Reggie Bush, who averaged 8.5 the year he won the Heisman. So 
when Texas has the ball, man, on offense, make sure you watch <laughs> B. John Robinson. He's an extraordinary talent. He'll be the best player on the field. I believe that a lot of scouts will come to the Cotton Bowl tomorrow afternoon to put their eyes on B. John Robinson. He's going to be a big key. I mean, if Texas is going to win this game, Sark's going to have to move this guy around and make sure he gets a lot of touches against this Sooners defense. There's a big game coming up. Penn State, Iowa playing in a big-time matchup. Iowa's defense obviously creating turnovers, havoc. Penn State doesn't get out, get out to great leads early. But what do you see in this game, and does one of these teams have a chance to represent the Big Ten in the CFP? I tell you what, man, listen. So we all talk about Georgia's defense, and rightfully so, because they're an incredible group. I mean, you know, started off with Clemson. They've been dominating ever since. But this Iowa defense, they're dominating from a different standpoint because it's takeaways. And anyone who's ever played football, you understand that the, the, two, the two ways to beat yourself, any head coach will tell you this, is being heavily penalized or turning the ball over. And because Iowa, they're creating so many takeaways, they're really putting the offenses in bad positions. I mean, you, you're looking at what they do for their offense, too. They're always operating with a short field. They're operating with a lead. And the fact that mentally what you do is now you put that in the heads of not only the players, but I was watching James Franklin do a press conference, and that's pretty much how he opened the press conference, talking about Iowa's defense and their takeaways, leading the FBS in takeaways with 16 right now. So now as a quarterback, you know, Sean Clifford, guess what he's thinking about? I can't turn the ball over. So they're already in your head. It's like, okay, I have to execute a 12 or 14 play drive, but in the back of my mind, the one thing I don't want to do is turn the ball over. So watching Sean Clifford and that Penn State offense try to execute against the Iowa defense is going to be uh, the matchup to keep your eye on tomorrow. Dez is Michigan. Dez is Michigan. Is real this year? Real this year? Man, hey, hey, um, is that? You know, I wish I had a monitor right here because that's the thing. I can't really see body language and facial expressions. I mean, that seems to be a very, very aggressive question. <laughs> right? As if I'm coaching or something, bro. I watch it like you watch it. I mean, why so much aggression? You said no. like you woke up and you no. chose anger. <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't that wasn't me. That's the production crew turning up the volume. Because <laughs> I can't read facial expressions, body language, but in my in my ear. That sounded hyper-aggressive, sir. I'm just saying. Why? No, nah, man, that, that was the production. The production people had to have the earpiece up too loud, I guess. Or the mic, better yet. Oh, is that what that is? Okay, all right. But listen, moving forward, I need a damn monitor because I need to see Key's expression. Now, if they real or not, uh, we're about to find out. You're about to get into the tougher part of your schedule. You know, as we all know, you know, a lot of teams, they open up with manageable games, but now you're starting – to play either uh, better teams, formidable opponents in your conference, and you get to really see how good these teams are. Uh, I think they're going to have a tough matchup uh, tomorrow on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska against the Cornhuskers. They've been playing much better lately. Obviously, they started off the season with a very embarrassing loss against Illinois, but since then, I think they're starting to, to find their groove. So it's going to be a really good challenge for a Michigan team that went on the road um, beat Wisconsin up in Camp Randall, but now they got to go on the road again and, and, and take on a, a Nebraska team that I believe is up and coming and starting to find their mojo. So I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's going to be a great game. 
I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a softer approach this time. <laughs> Outside of Penn State and Iowa, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is Michigan the best? The best next option in the Big Ten. Well, I, I don't know. Did you guys like? Relegate Keyshawn to all the Michigan questions when I'm on man, air. Stop I, dancing, you a Michigan man. We don't have to talk about. <laughs> we don't even have to talk about the Michigan, Michigan. But he's always going. I put you like this, Keyshawn. Guys, the way I look at the Big Ten at this point are a bunch of teams hovering around the same space. I think they're all pretty equal. You know, Ohio State obviously they had the the early season loss against Oregon. They seem to be coming back, but, you know, they play Rutgers and stuff like that. You look at Penn State, they had a big win against Auburn at home. We don't know how good Auburn is. I think these teams are all on the same level is what I'm trying to say. There are no dominant teams. Uh, and each team can beat the other team. I said coming to the season, watch out for Mel Tucker and Michigan State. And they've been representing too. So you got Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, all of those teams to me hovering in that same space, and I can see all these teams beating each other. I don't think there's one dominant team. So as this starts to play out, we're going to see which team starts to separate itself from the pack. But the way I see it now, all of them are pretty much really hovering in the same space. Right, Is Dad. Michigan – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. Damn it, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I get that earpiece back in. Because, you know, if you want, I'll ask you about a conference people actually care about, which is the SEC and what's going on. Uh, Ed Orgeron and LSU struggling uh, again this year. What's happening there? This is uh, what I want to do. I'm going to have to um, re reach out to my, one of my researchers, and I want to see what's um, Coach O's record. What's his record in Baton Rouge when you take away – that national championship season, that 2019 season, because we all understand that all the stars aligned perfectly for him and for his staff that year, for that fan base. I mean, it couldn't have been better, um, you know, uh, a better situation for LSU. So I wonder if you kind of remove that from the equation, what are we looking at with his tenure as a head coach um, at LSU? And, you know, he's going to have a rough game tomorrow going up against a Kentucky team that found a way to beat uh, Florida last week. They have a lot of confidence right now. So this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, their outstanding defensive back, uh, Stingley Jr., is, is out indefinitely. He had a foot surgery so uh, or a foot procedure. So this is going to be really interesting to see how they're going to respond to a Kentucky team that you would think that they should be uh, able to beat. We're going to see if they lose to Kentucky, things may get really, really um, unsettling down in Baton Rouge. There's Alabama's 18-point favorite in College Station going against Texas A&M. What exactly has Jimbo Fisher done or built at A&M any different than Kevin Sumlin? <laughs> I'm just asking. Um, I tell you what, I haven't seen anything different. No, I haven't seen anything different. I mean, I think that's a good question, but I haven't seen anything that's like that jumps out at me that's different. Um, you know, both coaches, you look at, you know, obviously Sumlin, he had a, a Heisman Trophy winner and Johnny Manziel, but, you know, uh, Jimbo had a Heisman Trophy winner uh, when he was at Florida State. Um, and 
you know, and that's, I think, part of why they decided to give him a king's ransom to come to A&M and be their head coach. But I don't really see anything that's, that's been different that he's built that I can say, okay, well, he's done this and Kevin Sumlin hasn't, you know, wasn't able to do that. I, I don't really see I think it's a really good question. It's something that needs to be um, researched and looked at. But to be honest with you, I don't see a big difference in the program. Des, our uh, researcher uh, followed up. It's 33-16 and 16 outside of the championship season for Ed Orgeron. Doesn't sound as bad. That's not as bad, right? No. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But, yeah. hey, Des, I want to ask you before you go, can Michigan beat uh, Michigan, Michigan State, State. Uh, this year? <laughs> no. <I'm> just, <laughs> I think Des is going to give us the Heisman and throw away his can IFB right now. Can USC beat Utah? Exactly. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Des, thanks so much. Great to talk to you. Enjoy right, the Des. Red River rivalry this weekend. Yeah, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. All right, all the best. Yeah, Han, I don't know why people don't like talking about their alma maters, right? No. I mean, it's just shocking. You start asking them questions, maybe like, uh, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, uh, well, it's uh. Going to coaching talk. That's yeah. all you need to do. You're the next coach of USC, Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah Keith. Yeah. Uh, who's the next head coach yeah, of USC? We didn't ask Des. I'm wondering your opinion. I'm still waiting to see who's going to be the next head coach of the Trojans. Do we Look, know? Well, one of the things that we're going to do, Alan. You hired gonna... somebody this week, I thought. I heard on the air. You. No, we're certainly going to cast a wide net oh, here we go. Uh, and take a look at a lot of qualified candidates out there, uh-huh. both at the pro level, the collegiate level, and maybe even at the high school level. We certainly have a program that is uh, a program that has been built on a certain foundation uh, with Pete Carroll and, and John McKay and John Robinson. And, and we know what national championships and Heismans and All-Americans are all about. First and foremost, we want our student athletes to really appreciate uh, university, and, and we want the type of guys and, and, and gals to come in and be a part of something special. And this is what reporters do. They say, ah, he's going to cast a wide net. Right, Matt right, Castle. Right. Take little bites. USC, Matt Castle. That, 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 may, that may be the guy. What was he really trying to tell us? Yeah, because they're what friends. They know each other. putting out there? Meanwhile, he's saying nothing. We have to have the graphic now whenever you talk that way. It just has to be. You know, student press athletes, conference man. We're looking, for, we're looking for the best student athletes. <laughs> right. Right. We just want to win as a program, as opposed to other programs that really don't want to win. All right. Desmond Howard brought to you by Eckrich Smoked Sausage. That's right. The real MVP of any tailgate. Pick it up at your local grocer. So, speaking of USC, college football's heating up. Tune in tomorrow night. USC hosting Utah. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let's get back to this battle in the NFC East that some people think the Cowboys are going to walk all over the Giants. But there's a reason why the Cowboys should not walk into this game so casually. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy g sean j will and max the podcast when I look at the NFC East, it's anybody's guess. The Cowboys are legit the best team in the NFC. As a Giants fan, I, I'm dying for John Mara to say, Dave Gettleman, you've had your time here. Keyshawn J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Salahan hey. in for Max. Hey. hey, hey, hey. That's our Friday theme song right there. Friday vibes. Friday vibes as I... Then go home and get my son's uh, bottle ready, and I, I don't party at all. I just sit there and, you know, all burp di- him all day long. All dad. That's where we're at. All dad all the time. Getting ready for my daughter's birthday this Are weekend. you a diaper expert? Yes. Master. In the dark. You, right? Like, got it, got it down amazing. pat. Easy now. Doesn't make mess. Nothing. Like, nope. straight up, just Walk done. in, dumb. Right. Like yep, a put ninja. him right back in the crib. Yeah. Passy in the mouth. Boop, bye. Stays asleep. Done. I hear him crying. I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going there. I'm going to let him cry it out for a little bit. Let him get tough. Oh, boy. That's right. Yeah. Get him through it. Yeah. Get him through All it. Right. I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. well, what? Key, oh, 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 wait. <laughs> Can you picture Key changing a diaper? Who? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I yeah. change diapers all day long, man. What's yeah. wrong with you? Heck, you do it all. Not complain about it? Yeah, braid nah. your daughter's hair. Yeah, we all in. No, nah, I ain't braiding no hair and doing all I that. I can braid thing. my daughter's hair. I braid my daughter's hair every night. Not going to be able to do it. Not even going to act you like You ever I try? Have you ever tried? Again. Not even going to act <laughs> Again. like I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even about to sit up here and sell that to the people. No. That's fine. But, you know, the changing diapers thing, though, it just becomes yeah, change, like. Changing diapers is, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah, that's light. Yeah, hopefully the next one that I change. I said this once before, and it didn't hold true. But hopefully the next diaper I change is a grandchild. But you just never saying, know. When, when <laughs> you, you start putting that out there, I'm though, telling yeah, you, you no, never why, why, know. Yeah, I'm not. Or Look, your own. I'm not playing that game. said this once before. I'm not just playing saying. this game. Nope. Yeah. Or your own. March Madness. <laughs> I will be on the couch relaxing. Or my own. Mark it down. You never know, that day may come as well. Will that day come first? We- <laughs> 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 I have to hang around you guys, maybe. Uh, so, we have a lot of really good games again this weekend. We had a good one last night. At least the matchup was a big one. Bills Chiefs Sunday night, obviously won in the AFC. That is huge. Browns Chargers, sneaky good as well. But in the NFC East, we do have Giants Cowboys, which, of course, just headline alone, it's always a big game. But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, can the Cowboys sort of if they have it already, kind of send that message like this is our division. There's nobody else really going to contend here, and they can run away with this thing. Is that is it too early to say that, or can they make that? Can they send a message like that on Sunday? Um, it's always too early, but you certainly can send a message, right? I mean, if you if you just go out there 
And look, you look at the, what the Cowboys did last week against the Carolina Panthers. That was a message being sent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you continue to do those sort of things and build trust and build uh, people's feelings about you. Now, all of a sudden, the naysayers, the Jay Williamses, the, the whoa, New York whoa, Giant Failbakes. I can speak for myself. Thank you, Keyshawn. Go ahead. Continue. Hate because you've <laughs> given them so many reasons in the past to feel a certain way about you. And, and I've, I've always said the Cowboys and the Raiders are two teams along with the Steelers that a lot of people want to see fall flat on their face. And the way that you stop that is by holding your end of the bargain and popping the Giants and sending them back to New York on a quiet plane. Just just for the record, I stated that I picked the Cowboys to win the division. So as much as you love to throw my name in there with the other Stephen A. Smiths, that is not the case, Keyshawn. Mm. Okay. Joseph Keyshawn. So misinformation out there. Yes, I it understand. happens a lot. Let's show. go to the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776 with Brian in Texas. How you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm actually in Dallas. I went to my first Cowboy game. In 1964, when I was eight years old, I'm going to make two quick points. I want to say I love Key. He's honest. He's not uh, biased on anybody at all. Right, guys? So the Cowboys, as a fan, I'm disappointed. You watch Carolina grab C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore. Cowboys are playing good. Maybe if they don't get injured and they stay focused, they can have a good year. You could make your team better. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Seems like those guys got picked up for next to nothing. I would have, as a fan, liked to see them improve their secondary and pick up one of those guys or even both of them. Secondly, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. I think this team is doing great because of Dan Quinn and the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. And I want Mike McCarthy to stay out of the way. I wouldn't mind if he was up in the booth and off the sidelines. <laughs> he doesn't manage the clock. He doesn't seem engaged in the game. I don't really know what goes on there. I'm just a fan. I don't know how the team feels about him, but I think the credit goes to the coordinators. And I think if the Cowboys stay healthy, maybe they'll do well. But let's tap the brakes, guys. They always show things, and they've got to finish. And it's a long season. Thank I'd love you, to hear what you guys have to say. What Thank you. Think, you. Well, it was a lot there to chew on from 1964, right? I mean, it's a long, long ways away. Um, the Co- the Cowboys could have made some moves, but they actually the Cowboys offer for Stephon Gilmore. I think they offered a, a better draft pick for whatever reason. I don't know that the New England Patriots took up on that offer. From what I'm hearing, um, it's it's a good team, man. And Mike McCarthy for bad clock management or whatever it is, they didn't lose the game. They won the game. So take that W and be happy and run with it and just hope that nothing happens later on in the year or in the playoffs that costs you if you're that cautious about him being the head coach. And I think also when he said just stay out of the way, doesn't he? I think kind of does, right? Kellen Moore runs the offense. Mm -hmm. Dan Quinn runs the defense. I, I don't see him getting in the way. That, that, that to me sounds like that, um, that anxiety type of energy from a Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, you know, we always talk the about inevitable. waiting for that, the mm-hmm. bottom to fall out. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's not set expectations too high. But the reality of it is that talent-wise, they have the most talent in the division by far, right, on both the defensive and offensive side of the ball. I, I think, you know, seeing where the Washington football team's defense has kind of Dropped pegged off. out this year, yeah. you look at the Giants and you say, okay, talent-wise – 
They're the next best thing in the division. Yeah, they got to start showing me something, right? We've been saying that Pretty for a while. Soon. But this is the game to show it. So if That's you're not that right. far off talent-wise and you're, you're waiting for breakout moments from certain stars like Saquon Barkley, there's no better game to do that than against a, against a team that people are now starting to say – this team can contend for a Super Bowl. Absolutely right. All right, KJM, we're brought to you by Capital One, getting paid up to two days early with direct deposits. Another reason banking with Capital One is one of the easiest decisions in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One NA, member FDIC. Hey, I'm back. That means we bring this back. Call the roulette. Get in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You tell us your name, where you're from, and if you have a hot take or a question, that is it. I give you the line. you got to say it that way. We're good. You don't have to say how you doing and all that stuff. We're fine. We hope you're fine. Let's just get right to the call, see how many we can get. So call the roulette next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Hotel lobby. Little, uh, right, little jazz, yeah, little scotch, little, waiting for your scotch. room. Bellhop comes up. Mr. Johnson, can I, uh, can I take your bags up to your room, sir? Like That's how this works. That's the music. But it is called a roulette. It's brought to you by Napa. Whether it's next day delivery or getting involved in the local communities, Napa goes above and beyond to serve you because their motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Okay, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We spin the wheel. Oh, I love this part of the show. I miss it. I think the wheel got stuck. Hasn't been spun in a while? Nah. Hmm. Line four. Hey, guys. This is Corey from Greenwich, New York. Corey? Hey, uh, I have two quick questions. Uh... One is, I can't decide between Washington or the Saints or in the Colts and the Ravens. And do you think Washington football team will get Rodgers and maybe their Rodgers next year? Aaron Rodgers to the Washington football team. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna say no. I'll probably say no on that, but it's an option, I'm sure. Here, here's what I would say. It's an option. And if Daniel Snyder is going to meddle again – then he would do anything. As you know, he loves him some stars. So he would do anything for Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know that Ron Rivera would want Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. Imagine imagine that being the reason why you don't get Aaron Rodgers. Better chance of Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson with Washington football team key? Neither. Hmm. Let's spin it. We'll take them both over Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Nah, I don't care what you want, Ron right Rivera. now. Right now, you have Washington fans like, damn. Line yeah, three, too much, too much. I don't mean to dive into it, but Washington football team has gone through some stuff themselves. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. That'd be hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. one. Yes, fair point. Line three. Yeah, 
Yeah, gentlemen, uh, this is Carl from Long Island. Hey, Carl. I wanted to expand upon uh, Mike from Connecticut. I believe what he was trying to say was, is Mike Tomlin uh, a puppet coach? Uh, Does he have real authority, say, as a Belichick, being that he is a black man, uh, you know, being run by, let's say, mostly white ownership and, and, and white front office, although he has coaches of color, uh, on his staff, is he does he have real authority to make the changes necessary, like benching Roethlisberger for uh, Haskins or Rudolph? So that's basically uh, what I wanted to find out. But guys, it, not every <laughs> Bill Belichick has six Super Bowl rings. Like he, it, his success has allowed him to have that type of autonomy. A lot of other head coaches still have to, in, at the end of the day, answer to their owners. In a lot of different ways. I mean, Bill still does answer to Robert Kraft. They just have a different relationship. Bill Belichick took the job with full control when he took the job 20-something years ago to be the head coach of the New England Patriots. He, he signed on to run the football operations. Mike Tomlin didn't sign on to run the football operations, but Mike Tomlin has the say that he needs to have when the time comes for him to bench Ben Roethlisberger. He'll do it in any other player for that matter. Uh, I understand that he is a black haired coach, and I understand that you may think he doesn't have any authority and he may be a puppet coach for whatever reason. He is no different than any other head coach in the National Football League when it comes to personnel. They're all on the same page. That's why they win. When you don't, when you are not on the same page with the ownership group, general manager, you lose a lot of games. Like we see with teams, that's why coaches are recycled, fired, recycled, fired, recycled. So just because he's black, doesn't mean he doesn't have some authority to make decisions. Yeah. He does not have to go to Mr. Rooney for every decision or Kevin Covert, the general manager for that matter, on every decision being made on the football team. And puppet is one strong word, man. It's like, disrespectful. I'm, I'm not, like, I, I'm not, I'm, and by I'm the not, way, I'm a not franch- saying that. But a franchise that has been at the forefront yes. of pushing for diversity in coaching like it, like I, I'm not sure about those questions today, but okay, we move on. Let's spin it as we continue with Call the Roulette. Line five. Yo, it's Moses calling from Cleveland. What What's up, Moses? up, Moses? What's happening? What's going on, man? I love y'all, God. But um, my guy, you know, with uh Baker Mayfield with them revealing uh, you know, he's been suffering this injury. Um, I got faith in the team that they can rally and, you know, pull it together. But where does that put us from a quarterback standpoint? Because I know y'all see Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin flirting with each other back and forth across the field and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, you know, if if this game coming up, I feel like it's a, it's, it's definitely a game, a, a, a test, you know, to see where he can be at and how he can fare up against you know, the the quarterbacks that we are looking at and we, we got, you know, a lot of faith in. So what 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 is it that we need to, you know, kinda do with him or do y'all feel like it's it's kinda it's kind of a no go, you know, what what direction do we need to be looking at? Man, y'all good, man. Just, just sit tight and enjoy the ride, man. Stop always trying to find the next best thing. Comparison is the thief of joy, man. I mean, you're always gonna start comparing your quarterback. What what if we get Aaron Rodgers? You guys are well on your way in the direction you need to go. That's the problem with people. They, they sit down at a restaurant, see something else, and then they want it. Like, chill. Just wait, though, until the contract happens. If you think they're talking now, wait till the contract happens. Spin it. Let's go. 
Gotta be quick. Line one. Tony from New York. Have a question about the Ravens. What is the true ceiling in your opinion? I feel like the ball is bouncing our way this year with all the injuries we've overcome. It just seems like we're able to find a way to win with the play at the end of the game with Kansas City and you know, Justin Tucker hitting a sixty six yarder and now we have a home stretch of games for the next four or five years. So what's weeks. the ceiling for the I Ravens? Feel like- I hate to speed you up Tony, but we we've got to get going here. So the so the ceiling for the Ravens, are they a championship contender? Yes. I mean, they have all the makings to be that, right? Yes. And if they get if they, yes. if they get healthy, yes. they certainly yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I completely yes. agree. Yes. Okay. Yes. And there is yes. the answer. Yes. Oh, now you're yes. doing the Islanders chant. Yes. I appreciate that, Key. Jay, show is the there, book, man. We're adding the book to the echo? table. Show oh, the book. Finally, bringing my book to. We're the table? adding a book to the table. Look, In between everybody. Keyshawn's two books. Yeah. There yeah. We go. Put <laughs> it down there. Yeah. What is it? I can't. I can't see. Is that guy having any clothes on? <laughs> showing his abs. It's, it's more about the scar on the leg. Showing the abs, though. So make sure you show the abs. Show the book. Come on. Yeah, there it is. Right hey, there. guys, it was great to be reunited. I enjoyed it. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, boys. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.